Sports Station 104.3 The Band presents Stoker and Zach. Know if I had to do, oh, and we be there. Eh, better safe than sorry. James Marilyn, Will Peterson filling in. I, I'm trying to get the rules. Yeah, because I know he does that at 11. Yeah, because it's we and we are here. He does it to start the show. Um, when I'm in that chair, which mm-hmm. I will be tomorrow with Brandon Stokely, I only do it at 11. Oh, okay. I, why, why doesn't Stokely drive the show? Well, then he would have to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, so during the break, we went down to the the break room okay. for, the, for the birthday Change, celebration. Changing subjects quickly, I like it. For the birthday celebration. Yep. And there were snacks. And it was four different boxes of, I don't know, Safeway, King Supers. I didn't notice. Cookies. Cookies. Uh, which one did you take? I went with a peanut butter. As did I. Okay. Okay, good choice. So, because uh, I was just, I'm curious, the ranking. There was a, there was a sugar. There was a chocolate chip, mm-hmm. there was a peanut butter, and there was the mini M&M's. I don't like an M&M cookie, but the little mini M&M's, it's a better chocolate and candy yeah, ratio. It's a dominating aspect of the cookie. Yeah. So I'm just curious wh- how you would rank those. Obviously, peanut butter is number one. That's what you went with, which was a good choice. All right. If I'm just being honest, you just kind of grabbed one, and I just reached in and grabbed the same So the thing. box was open, and you were lazy and just went where I went. Once you just said it, I think <laughs> peanut butter's three. Oh, Gosh, I would go M and M's one. It was chocolate chip. Yeah, two, peanut butter three, and a, a sugar cookie's worthless. I'd rather eat the dough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that is a harsh take on the old sugar cookie. <laughs> the dough of a sugar cookie is phenomenal. <laughs> but as my grandfather used to say, why cook it? Right? Well, I, yeah. Grandpa, which side? Was this Grandpa Peterson? Uh, this was Grandpa George, other okay. side. Yeah, right. but it's like, <laughs> seriously. Why cook it? <laughs> I'll just eat the dough. Okay, I, listen, I'm fine with I'm fine with uh, sugar cookie being fourth. I think it's a close fourth behind chocolate chip. One of the most overrated things in the world is chocolate chip cookies. O- only James Marilyn could chocolate come up with that Chocolate chip cookies day. and Scottie Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> One in two Broncos here because uh, the news comes out last night that Draymond Jones looking for 60 to $70 million on the free agent market, which he's going to test. Uh, everything we're hearing is they will not franchise tag him. They will let him, uh, I guess, test the market, which seems like a mistake to me. And uh, it, with Draymond, James, if they let him walk in the last 16 months, they will have lost – Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Draymond Jones. That's not a good way to build a defensive line, a front seven, that you want to terrorize the quarterback by letting that many talented players out the door and replacing them with who? Yeah, exactly. I mean, DJ Jones, but that's DJ Jones isn't a pass rusher. He's a run stopper. Well, if you take Draymond Jones off this roster, listen, I think their front seven is pretty anemic anyway, but start going through their current front seven. If you don't have Draymond, I mean, DJ's the best pl- Well, Randy Gregory's the best player. He just is. But health is such a question. He's mark. never on the field. DJ Jones, but then it's Alex Singleton. Nobody makes more tackles seven yards downfield than Alex Singleton. Josie Jewell had Josie a good year. Josie Jewell, who he did have a, he honestly had a really good year, and I'm not 
I have not been a big Josie Jewell fan, but he is someone that I feel like when this defense was really good and when they had a lot of talent, Josie Jewell was the guy that every year heading into free agency in the draft, we all talked about that's where they need to upgrade. That's where they need to upgrade. That tells you how bad the front seven is now is he's he he appears as a strength. And then you've got the Baron Brownings and the Jonathan Coopers and the Mike Purcells and the Deshaun Williams. A bunch of guys. Not, not a lot of names that excite you. Not bad players by any means, but fairly interchangeable. You could go find the equivalent of those guys on all 31 other rosters. You just you just could. There's nothing special about them. So is Draymond Jones worth that kind of money, I guess, is sort of the ultimate yes. question here. Yes. Well, then if he is, James, they need to get the deal done in the next Agreed. 11 days. Agreed. And if you can't get the deal done in the next 11 days, you put the franchise tag on him. And I put the non-exclusive. And that's next five days. And I put the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. So you either keep him or you get two first-round picks from somebody who signs him. Okay, fine. I mean, George Payton, his unwillingness to play hardball is ridiculous to me. Like, it, this isn't, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's gone. It's not hug time anymore. No. So he's a really good player. And if he walks out the door, you're going to have a hard time replacing him this year in free agency because you would overspend on somebody to replace him in free agency. So why not just pay your own guy? And you're not going to be able to replace him in the draft, most likely, because you don't have a lot of draft capital. So put the non-exclusive on him. Get the two first-round picks down the road for losing them. At least you get something. So well, two first-round picks is significant. So That's massive. To not to not get to not keep him, let him walk out the door for nothing. That's like when the Nuggets let Dikembe Mutombo leave and they got nothing for him. Like that's such a colossal mistake. If George Payton does that, if Draymond Jones leaves here and they get nothing in exchange, that is a fireable offense. It um, is from a guy who's already had a lot of fireable offenses. It'd be like strike seven against George Payton. I mean, what would be the rationale for that? The franchise tag is not any more than what he's looking at on a per-year long-term contract. Maybe by a couple million bucks. Now, if somebody wants to argue with me that the Dalton Reiser idea for franchise tag is a bad one because you're paying $18 million for a guy that's probably going to get 10 to 12 on the open market, okay, that's a big difference. I'm willing to do it because it buys me time for one year to find a replacement next year when I have a first-round pick and a second-round pick in the draft or next year in free agency if, if the class is better. But, if hey, for one year, I can keep the guy that's the best free agent on the market anyway. Like, I can't replace him with a better player. I'll just overpay a little bit for one year. That's my rationale. But if you want to argue with me about it because, hey, he's a $10 million a year guy, fine. It's a valid point. But if you're going to argue with me if you can't franchise Draymond Jones because it's $19 million and he's going to get a contract that averages 17 that's just – that doesn't make any sense to me. That's bad business. Well, and for all the knocks on John Elway as, uh, as a general manager, and there were a handful for sure, especially after Super Bowl 50 when when things went south, John Elway always played hardball with the franchise tag, and it always seemed to work out. Worked out with Von Miller and Demarius Thomas, most notably the biggest two, where they tagged them, and then they got a long-term deal. I think Ryan Clady's on that list, Clady? too. That was an early one. You're right. Matt Prater. Yes. Why is George Payton not using the franchise tag as a tool like John Elway did. I don't know. John Elway got cropped out of a photo at the White House. Von Miller was so mad at him. And then Von Miller came back and was great in Denver for three, four more years um, before ultimately they traded him. It's a worthwhile tool. Again, that's the word we keep coming back to. And George Payton going on with two guys in India and just saying, we're not going to do that. I think that that is a bizarre thing to just announce to the world. I think it was on February 28th that they're just not going to franchise tag Draymond Jones. 
you, why eliminate one of your options? When I don't you, know. When you have options and there's there's limited numbers, why get rid of one of them? And maybe it's because right now in the negotiating process, you're trying to get a deal done, so you're trying to play nice. Okay. But if it gets to March 6th and a deal doesn't seem imminent, I'm sorry. I'm playing hardball, and I'm using the tools at my disposal. I'm either going to keep you here or I'm going to get something, and I'm going to get something pretty big when you leave. I, I just think this is a no-brainer. You'd be crazy not If to. you let Draymond Jones hit the open market and don't use your franchise tag on someone else. Now, if they go down my route and it's, hey, we're using it on Dalton because we don't have a, a replacement at left guard, so we're buying a year, okay. But if you just don't use the franchise tag, Draymond Jones goes and signs with the Bears for five years, $70 million. I, I, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what George Payton is doing. I have no idea what he's doing. And I'd have to see how the rest of free agency played out because, James, if they are trying to save that money, that segues into where I want to go next. Is there a chance they are looking at signing a running back for a lot of money with a big name a la Saquon Barkley? Because if you're not going to spend the money on Draymond, you're going to spend it somewhere else. I think offensive line is the place where everyone wants to see them spend it. But could you go get a Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs and write a check for... 10, 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year to a running back. If I were the GM, I wouldn't do that, but they're going to spend the money somewhere. And could it be a splashy move at running back? I'm not sure they're going to spend the money somewhere. I'm not. I'm not. We all think because they have deep pockets and what they just paid Sean Payton that they're going to be that way. We all hope they're going to be that way. But this is first time through on contract negotiations and free agency. They had no problem spending money for Russell Wilson. That's a positive sign. But we don't know how the Walton Penner family ownership group, the WP Fog, is going to do do this kind of thing. We have no idea. If they are going to spend money, do I want them to spend it on a running back? No. I think you can get a guy that can come in this year in the third round with 68 or 69 and be your starting running back. I right. do. Well, Matt Lombardo of Heavy.com had an offensive coordinator tell him that Saquon Barkley is a perfect fit for the Broncos. One NFL coordinator tells me he believes the Denver Broncos are an ideal fit for Barkley. The coach tells me, quote, Russell Wilson needs a running game for that offense to be successful, and Barkley gives head coach Sean Payton an Alvin Kamara-type weapon, unquote. According to multiple reports, Barkley is seeking upwards of $12.5 million per year on a new deal, and with a franchise tag set to cost $10 million for running backs this season, signs point to the former number 2 overall pick out of Penn State at least testing the open market. So one coordinator thinks, listen, Russell Wilson needs a run game, and it can't just be a stopgap run game. It needs to be an elite run game. We can both agree, at least, that Saquon would bring an elite run game. No doubt. No doubt. He's a great player when healthy, and he was fantastic this past season. He really was. So if they sign Saquon Barkley, I'm not going to be upset. That upgrades their, their the talent on that roster. All of a sudden, you just brought in somebody who's one of the top five players on your team. Yeah, people would be running to the team's team store to buy Barkley jerseys it's more so cap space again if you cut Glasgow you cut Darby okay the whole are they going to spend it not spend it thing let's put that aside let's assume they're going to spend it you have other needs besides running back when you could just throw what two million bucks at Latavius Murray bring him back he's a stopgap stopgap till Javante gets healthy week four week five it's a big investment in a position that just feels like is not the 
the one in the NFL you want to spend on these days. If they spend the money on Saquon Barkley, that tells me Javante Williams is probably not going to play here again. It does. If you think that it's just way more serious than we realized, if you think he's coming back at Halloween, you try to bridge the gap with Latavius Murray, you know, one of the other free agents, Kareem Hunt. That's a cheaper option. And you try and go that route. If you go with Saquon Barkley, he's the answer at running back. He's your every down back. Javante Williams is either not going to be healthy enough to play, or even when he comes back, he's only going to play if if Saquon gets injured. Yeah, it would be Sean Payton, because I think that would be a Sean Payton decision, saying he doesn't believe in Javante Williams, and he thinks the position needs an upgrade. Yeah, well, Javante Williams, when he's healthy, is a really good player. He is. He's not great. I mean, Zach Bai talks about Javante Williams like D-Mac talks about Michael Porter Jr., but he's a very good player. He is. What he's going to look like when he comes back, I have no idea. Nobody does. And so Saquon Barkley would be a message. You're not bringing in Saquon Barkley to be, you know, part of a two-headed monster. You're not. I just think that would be a foolish use of resources. The the, the Saints drafted Alvin Kamara in the third round. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive rookie of the year. The Broncos could go do that same thing this year. They certainly could. A lot of reaction on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Back-to-back text, James. Gosh, I would bleep and love to have Saquon Barkley. Very next text, heck no, never pay a running back. So I, it, it, those are kind of the two options here. I think they're both right. Yeah. I would love to have Saquon Barkley. I would. I, I think he'd be great here. I, I think he'd be the best running back in Denver since, ooh, boy. Clinton Portis. Uh, CP. Yeah. yeah, he would be. And that's 20 years ago. So, yeah, I'd love to have him here. But the second text is right, too. Never pay a running back. It's just it's a bad investment. That is a contract you're going to regret more likely than not. You're right. It would say something, too, about how they feel about the health of Javante Williams. If they go make the splash with Saquon or Josh Jacobs in particular, that would be worrisome about where his knee's at. Even though Peyton said at the combine a couple days ago, we're here and he's going to be ready for the start of the regular season. I don't know if that was just Peyton's, this is George Peyton speaking out of turn or what, but that's what he said. So we'll have to see how that all shakes I, out. I just think if you really think Javante Williams is going to come back and be the Javante Williams of old, you bridge the gap with Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack, right? And Chase Edmonds is going to be a cap casualty. He's I know, a $6 million Yeah, number. I know George Payton said the other day they like Chase Edmonds or he's on the roster or some nonsense like that, but it's, it's the easiest $6 million ever. With zero dead cap. None. Which so, is rare in the NFL. It, yeah, that's a that that's an automatic. That's going to happen. Doesn't mean they don't re-sign him for a smaller number. And maybe that's what it is. Is it's Latavius and Chase Edmonds at I don't know two, and and that's how you're bridging the gap. But if if Javante Williams, if you if you think it's 80 percent that he's going to come back during the year and be be his old self, you don't go sign really any big name free agent running back, and, not just Saquon Barkley. And Kevin Kishner, our producer. Proposes to me, could signing Saquon be sort of random like Melvin was and kind of come out of nowhere, first of all? But second of all, there were fans when they got Melvin Gordon, it was like, man, Melvin Gordon, he tore it up for the Chargers. What an addition for the Broncos. He was awful here. The shelf life for running backs in the NFL is so short that you do worry you pay big money for Saquon. And I'm not saying he's going to go the way of Melvin because that's an insult to Saquon. Saquon's way better than Melvin. But you just you don't want to be the team that writes the fifteen million dollar check, and in year one you're seeing those signs of falling off the cliff, like a lot of running backs do. Yeah, and if you look at, I mean, look at the Chiefs. They they won the Super Bowl with a fifth round pick playing running back. 
Isaiah Pacheco had a really good seventh round pick. Seventh round pick. And they had their first round running back from a year or two ago, and they told him to get lost. I always Clyde Edwards Elaire. They just said, no, you're not as good. You're out. I always want to say fifth round pick because Cecil's so upset that the Broncos didn't use one of their fifth round picks right. on Isaiah Pacheco. I just don't think that's the place where you, you need to spend in free agency. You can get a guy that's maybe the easiest position in football for a rookie to step in and play right away. And you want to get you want to get running backs on the rookie contract because their second contract is probably going to turn out to be one you regret. So I, I just Saquon's a great player, and he'd be the best running back that's been in this town for twenty years. And I still think it would be a mistake. All right, we'll have to see how that shakes out. You had this idea though about Dalton Reisner and the franchise tag. You looked it up; it would be about eighteen million bucks, which is hefty. It should be different for guards than tackles, but it's it's just old linemen. Could that be though? Why George Payton is just telling media in Indianapolis, "Hey, we're not going to franchise uh, Draymond because they have a plan to franchise someone else." I think I had assumed until you said this to me an hour and a half ago or an hour and twenty minutes ago that the the Broncos were either going to franchise Draymond or franchise no one. You brought up this third option. What if they're going to franchise someone else? It is worth considering, although, again, when you look at the number, it would be such an extreme overpay for Reisner that it's hard for me to envision it happening. It would be an overpay for a year. My problem with Dalton Reisner as a free agent, if I'm the Broncos, is I'm I'm not convinced he's good enough to make a multi-year commitment. I'm just not. Uh, the, the, to give him a four-year, $44 million Graham Glasgow contract, I think you're going to look at that at the end, more likely than not, about how you looked at the Graham Glasgow contract. I'm like, geez, what were we doing? But he's the best guard on the free mar- or the open market, right, if on the free agent market. So you're not going to be able to go replace him with somebody better. You don't have a first-round pick. You don't have a second-round pick. You also have to find a right tackle. You're going to draft somebody in the third round like you did Quinn Miners and play him as a rookie week one? I mean, we saw this year Luke Wattenberg when he was out there trying to play as a rookie. Now he was a later round pick, but it was a it was a struggle. So I, I just think that would be a mistake. I think you buy yourself time. Again, put the franchise tag on him. Are you overpaying? Yeah, but it also buys you time until July to maybe get a shorter long term deal of hey, you know what? Let's do a three year, twenty four million dollar deal, something like that. Three-year, $27 million deal. And and you keep saying he's the best guard. I I just found a list that has him as the third best guard. All right, he's in the the group. Okay, but it's – is it – like, did you just make your own rankings? Did you see a list somewhere? Like, it it seems like – you're, uh, you're uh, writing it down that it's an absolute fact he's the best guard, and it's, it seems like there's some debate about that. Leftguard.blogspot.com. I check it every day. <laughs> well, who, who, give me the other name. I'm seeing Nate Davis from the Titans. He's 26 years old. The caption is, he's emerged as one of the best guards in the NFL, just 26, bright future ahead of him. Okay. Uh, Isaac Sumalo from the Eagles. Eagles. That's who Cecil wrote about yesterday at denversports.com. 29 years old. Uh, Eagles have done a great job of developing him. And he is now a Pro Bowl caliber guard. Okay. Do Dalton Reisner and Pro Bowl go in the same sentence? Only if John Elway's talking. Uh, Reisner's third on this list. Then you get Ben Powers from the Ravens. Okay, but he's third. It's not as though he's 17th. I know, but I just, I, I had to call you on it. It's just for for 80 minutes you're telling me he's the best guard on the free agent market. Right, well, uh, and I Googled a list that had him third. And I'll find a list that has him first. Okay, but I'm saying there are replacements for Dalton as opposed to an $18 million overpay when I could get 
Nate Davis for four years, $44 million. I give him Graham Glasgow money. Eleven. Really? Years. So Graham Glasgow, a guy who nobody had heard of, who was a part-time player playing center and guard, th- this guy who apparently is, you know, just got Pro Bowl written all over him. Probably they probably already fitted him for a gold jacket, according to this blog you're reading. They're going to get him for the Graham, Gla- Graham Glasgow deal. I'm just saying, man. It's not like Reisner is the only one out there. Okay, it's I'm, not like it's Dalton Reisner than the end of the world. Because guess what? If it was, they'd already have a fine. new deal done if with Dalton. Wanna, if they can get one of those two guys, fine. Then uh, then I'll 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 give you that. The odds that they sign one of those two guys, I don't think are very good. I try to buy myself a year. I put the non-exclusive franchise tag on them. If somebody gives them a multi-year offer, you can choose to match it or take your draft picks. Again, to not use it, I think, is silly. I think it'd be silly to not use it on one of those two guys. I would use it on Draymond first, of course, but I think Dalton Reisner is a sneaky second option. There really is, you know, I'm looking at the roster now. There really is no one else that's like plug-and-play ready. I mean, the only guy, because they're going to cut Graham Glasgow. We all know that. Yeah. He's a turnstile. Quinn Bailey. Good luck. I, I, I mean, seriously, it is. It's Quinn Miners. It's Dalton Reisner. It's Graham Glasgow. And it's Quinn Bailey. That's pretty much their guards as I, I want to say currently under contract, but Reisner's not under contract. He's a free agent. So they have no depth. None. Right. And Reisner missed some time this year. Quinn Miners got hurt in week one which really did hurt this team because Graham Glasgow came in and got blown up into the backfield on the final drive of the uh, against Seattle right. and turned what would have been a huge Javante Williams screen pass that would have made it a chip shot field goal into third and 18 that then turned into a 64-yard field goal on fourth down. Graham Glasgow killed this team all year long. Oh, he From was week terrible. One to week 18. He was awful. So he, he was just, yeah. But that makes my personal, point. He's just a bad football player. That makes sure. my point of how important interior offensive line can be, and you better have a guard. So if you're going to let Dalton Reiser walk, and I don't think Dalton Reiser's a great player by any means. I think he's underachieved here. He's serviceable. Exactly. You, you don't look at Dalton Reiser out there on Sunday and go, oh, we're in trouble. You go, okay, he, he should be okay. Right, and I think you can pretty much look at it and say the left side of the line is fine. Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reiser to the left of Cush, you're not worried about that much. And now if you if you keep him, all you got to do, easier said than done, because they've been trying this for a decade, all you got to do on the line is fix right tackle. Yeah, not since Orlando F- Franklin walked out that door have they uh, fixed that. You know what's funny too, James, is sometimes you say, all right, well, what if you transitioned your backup center into a guard, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the backup center is Luke, Luke Wattenberg. <laughs> and that's, we saw that last year. We saw how that works. So when you kind of take a dive into the state of the interior offensive line of the Denver Broncos, it is Gruesome, for lack of a better word. It is tough to look at. And they've let some guys, Moody would be a guy that jumps to mind. Well, didn't he just go to the Raiders because he was mad or something? What was yeah, the story with that? He was on that? the practice. We signed with their, the Raiders practice squad instead of Denver's practice squad. Yeah. Because he was getting bounced back and forth. A guy that last year heading into camp, many thought would be a starter. Now he's not here. I mean, that has been a position that, you know, talking about the list of things George Payton has screwed up. That that's on the list. Nobody wants to talk about guards except for when you're at guards.blogspot.com, and that's a spot that if you don't retain Dalton Reisner, okay, what's your fix? What's your fix? Uh, who's my guy? I love your optimism, that Nate Davis from I, the Tennessee I love Titans. Your optimism that they're going to get him or the guy from the Eagles, Isaac Suamalo. 
if you but if I'm the Titans and I just brought in Justin Outen to run my run game offense, oh. and you have Derrick Henry hire. and you've got this good of a guard, you're probably going to keep him. Big hire, big hire. All right, <laughs> yesterday, folks, if you were tuned into the show, Stokely and Zach, Zach did a Broncos draft. What a disaster! One of them did really well, and one of them was awful. We'll grade it next. Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. want to thank uh, our friends at Shake Shack for lunch. Woo! That was delicious. A little truffle burger. Nice little surprise. Could not go wrong with that. Because every, every time I'm in here when Stoke and Zach are doing the show, James Marilyn, Will Peterson filling in. Lunch is like the most important thing to those two guys on a daily basis. Oh, it is by far their biggest concern between 11 and 2 mm-hmm. is when is their food delivered? Yep. Who's getting it? How's it getting up here? When are they eating it? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of consternation. Did they put tomato on it when I asked yes. for no tomato? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, you're, my you're, gosh. You're right. You nailed that. And then you come in a little behind the scenes. Zach will have this pizza that could feed a petting zoo <laughs> and you take a slice of it without asking oh yeah and it riles him up yeah i've yeah. actually never done it because he's told me before he says some people just come in and think they own the place and just take a slice when i paid for the pizza i made sure the pizza got delivered and it's my pizza i can kind of see his point right i i think people think well it's at the office it's just it's just you know, they assume it's fair game. Fair game. Somebody, somebody sent it over. You know, somebody put it on the P card. But when you put it, when you when you bought it yourself, like just ask. It's not hard. All right, here's where I will give you a little pushback. Sometimes he flaunts it. You know, it's like hide in the corner, man. <laughs> Don't just leave it in the middle of the table, wide uh, open. No, that makes on. it look more like it's communal pizza. It does. He does kind of present it as, hey, help yourself, right? And then gets mad when somebody helps themselves. <laughs> exactly. That's fair. Uh, Stoke and Zach did this draft yesterday. Top 10 Broncos players right now based solely on talent. No salary cap. Soon to be free agents are allowed, right? Yes. So Draymond's allowed. Dalton's allowed. And we wrote a story about this, or I wrote a story about this at DenverSports.com. They, we did a poll, and one guy just crushed the other, James. Like who had the better roster? Overwhelmingly positive feedback for one, and oh my goodness, what are you doing for the other? Yeah, that's not surprising. So let's go through this thing, because it's pretty funny. So they had a terrible game of rock, paper, scissors. Why was it terrible? Oh my gosh, because you know those two. It was like, do we do rock, paper, scissors, shoot? And then Zach said, do we want to do rock, paper, scissors, one, two, three, shoot? And that's, I've never heard of that So you count life. to six and go on seven? But rather than just letting it go, Brandon was just, that was the most outrageous thing he had ever heard in his life. Well, I mean, it's, it is pretty preposterous. I'll give him that. And then they got confused about who did what, and it's radio. So, yeah, I know we have people watching on Twitch, but the overwhelming majority of our listeners cannot see us. Yeah, just act like you flipped a coin and somebody go. Yeah, it was, it was tough to listen to. <laughs> Well, right, I wrote so. this story, and I got this 22-minute segment emailed to me. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll dive into this. And the first five minutes are about rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, that's that's not good. So 
ultimately, Stoke went first. Stoke won, and uh, with the first overall pick, Brandon Stokely took Pat Sertan the second. Easy pick. Sprint to the podium. Give him your card. That's your pick. And so then I brought that up on Coffee Break today with Rachel and DMAC, and DMAC was just mortified that Russell Wilson was not the number one overall pick. Well, I disagree. At this point, I think by the end of the 2023 season, he will be the number one overall pick. Just a little look ahead here. He did go far too late in this draft. And this exercise, James, was about talent. Yes. Not a, we're not trying to build a team. Of course, if I'm building an NFL team, I'm going to start with quarterback. This was about the most talented players on the Broncos, and Sertan's clearly won. I will say this. If after Sertan went, if, uh, if Russell Wilson wasn't next, he should have been on deck. Interesting. Well, this was the one where things got off the rails quickly. With the second overall pick in the draft. Zach By took Garrett Bowles. Just unbelievably laughable. And I like Garrett Bowles. I think, you know, for the most part, and I know he gets a lot of grief because we all hear holding offense number 72 a lot. For the most part, for four or five years, you just haven't had to worry about left tackle. Right? We just spent, you know, a segment debating who's going to be the left guard. For 10 years, we've been debating who's going to be the right tackle. You know who's going to be the left tackle. So he's a good player. He's a really good player. But he's the second best player on the Broncos roster? In, in what world? It was an insane pick. And the feedback reflected that. Yeah. Of taking him as the second best player on the Broncos when we're only drafting 10 players, and I'm not sure he would crack my top 10. I think he'd crack my top 10, but it'd be late. He'd be a late round pick. It'd be ninth or 10th for me if he made it. I'm with you. Uh, so that left the uh, obvious door open, James, that uh, Stokely could just sneak right in and take Justin Simmons. Yeah, uh, that was easy. Now, he would have been, if it wasn't Russell Wilson, <clears throat> it would have been Justin Simmons that went next. So, yeah, that's another one. It's the second time in two rounds Stokely's been able to sprint to the podium to turn in his card. He's got so the best secondary already with Sertan and Simmons while... Zach has a left tackle who broke his leg. So at this point, Zach can redeem himself by taking a quarterback, right? He could, but he didn't go that direction. Okay. He took a running back who treaded his knee last year in Javante Williams with the number four overall pick. Okay, so he's taking a running back who has a lot of potential, but has only been a part-time player, and in his second year had a pretty severe injury. That's his fourth best player on the Broncos roster. I love Zach, but this is off to a rough start. Yeah, that's that's not good. I feel like someone stole my slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Third pick for Stokely, fifth overall, was Draymond Jones. Again, soon-to-be free agents are eligible. He's now built a stout defense with the best three defenders on the Denver Broncos as his first Yeah, I would have gone quarterback there, but I don't have a problem with that pick. Draymond's a really good player. Yeah, well. Surely, surely Zach goes Russell Wilson next and tries to Rebound. Uh, Zach took Jerry Judy, number six. All right, Jerry Judy's going to make the top ten. I, I don't know at six that it's a huge reach. It's his first pick that I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, that, that's fine. I think Jerry Judy's. But you have a guy who has made nine Pro Bowls, been to two Super Bowls and won a Super Bowl at the most important position in sports, and you have a receiver who's never been anywhere near a Pro Bowl and isn't even the top guy wasn't even the number one target when everybody was healthy last year. Okay. After that, finally, you're going to be happy. Seventh overall, Stokely said, listen, you're going to let him slide all the way? I will take quarterback Russell Wilson. His team is, his roster is loaded. You can make the argument, and actually, you know what? I don't even, I don't even think this is wrong. 
Stoke has the four best players on the Broncos roster. You can debate what order they should have gone in, but with Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Draymond Jones, Russell Wilson, he has the four best Broncos. You can see why this is a landslide. Yeah. Uh, Zach with another fine pick. He goes DJ Jones at number eight. At that point, yeah, I mean, he's you know just trying to get some talent in the door. And then this is the one where Stoke, you know, he could have finished strong. I think he finished all right, but he took Quinn Miners as the ninth best player on the Denver Broncos. I don't think that's the case. No, no, not at all. I do think Quinn Miners is a good player. They were not near as good, especially running the football when he was out. Um, partially, that's who they replaced him with. But I, I think that's a okay pick. He's not a top 10 Broncos. But if you're point. willing to take Javante Williams at four, why aren't you willing to take Tim Patrick at nine? He, Tim Patrick is one of the people I've written down here. Is why is he not on the list? Would have taken Josie Jewell. After would, the year he had, you last know, who year. I think is the most underrated Bronco. Who? Kwan Williams. That's a great one. Kwan Williams in London. He was awesome. Was unbelievable. Yeah. Like that was a great performance. He's a good tackling corner. He's a good cover guy. Uh, his ability to to jump passes, you know, out in the out in the flat or out on out routes. I think he's his. I think he's. His, I mean, clearly the second best corner on the team. And I think he's a guy, if you if we just would have sat down and not had a roster in front of us, he probably doesn't immediately jump to mind. Mm-hmm. But when I pulled up the old depth chart, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, for sure. He's got to be one of my guys. And Tim Patrick's the other one. And, yeah, if you're going to take Javante Williams, why are you not taking Tim Patrick? Randy Gregory goes number 10. I don't have an issue with that. It's, your, it's, your, it's a fifth-round pick, sure. Stokely finishes Sertan Simmons, Draymond Russell, Quinn. Zach finishes Bowles, Williams, Judy Jones, Gregory, uh, last time I checked on Twitter, it was something like 91% of people had voted with Stokely's team. Zach could have put all the Broncos' names in a hat and pulled out a good, as good a team. <laughs> Man, no, it was a fun exercise, and I give Zach credit for coming up with the idea, but just because you have a great idea, you got to execute the idea. <laughs> right. Stoke executed. Right. Yeah, he's, his, his was kind of the DeLorean. It's a good idea, but yeah. you got to execute the thing. Well, make sure when DMAC comes here about 158, you ask him about this because he is quite passionate on this one. Well, I mean, ultimately, he thinks Stoke should have taken Wilson to begin with. He got him in the fourth round. He got him anyway. He got him. Yeah. I mean, that's savvy drafted. Uh, a couple on the text line here. I'm surprised nobody had Alex Singleton. Oh, my gosh. A lot of, lot of tackles this year. What do you have, like 120 or something? Yep. I mean, nobody makes more Tackle seven yards downfield than Alex Singleton. Uh, if that, you need, if you want an inside linebacker that can set up second and three for your defense, he's your guy. Go sign him. I mean, the people that act like he's Ray Lewis because he put up a lot of tackles. I mean, give me a break, Alex Singleton. Next time, Zach. Gets, you know what? If Alex Singleton is able to tackle Geno Smith when he blitzes on the opening drive in Seattle, the whole season perhaps goes differently. Uh, Instead, he whiffs on him. It turns into a touchdown. That place turns into a madhouse, and we all know how it turned out. Alex Singleton arguably had the biggest blunder of the season. Wow, I shouldn't have brought up the name Alex Singleton. That's Holy my mistake. Cow. Uh, next time Zach gets uppity over his pizza, call him Kevin Garnett. <laughs> you know, I'm going to call you out, though. You got a little uppity about the burgers. How did I get uppity about the burgers? Well, somebody from another station came in, oh. grabbed one, and you dropped the, are these for the whole cluster? I was just curious. <laughs> well... I think he got the message. No. (laughs) I'm going to defend myself. The point was, it is 
a lot of Shake Shack for just the fan. That was, you know what? You did a good job of spinning it that way relatively quickly. That was my original thought. No, it was not. I know you well enough that your original thought was, why is that guy coming in here and eating our burgers? I hope he's not listening right now. He's probably not. All right, coming up next. I think he should come back and have all that he wants. The more, the merrier. We're going to go up to Indianapolis and check in with our 9 News Broncos insider, Mike Kliss. Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Our nine news Broncos insider Mike Kliss. He's James Marilad. I'm Will Peterson. Mike lot- is uh, on the ground in Indy. Yes, yes, up at the NFL Combine. A lot of folks are, you know, upset that we are slandering Zach and his pizza. Not about Zach's draft, but about his protective of his pizza. His laughable Broncos draft. That went. That was fine. People are cool with that. I mean, I don't know if cool, but they're like. They're definitely more fired up about Pizza Game. Well, then they're mad at you because I was defending him. Mm, were you? Yeah. The whole time? Yeah, and then you said, I got a little pushback for you. You kind of flaunt it. Yeah, you. you I, I was pro-Zach on this one. Uh, oh, then you on. threw me under the bus. Don't put me down in that foxhole with you on this Pizza Game. Then you threw me no under way. the bus and drove it backwards. <laughs> put tire marks on me. Uh, NFL Combine, they finally start doing, uh, what, the Underwear Olympics up there today? Yep. It is, uh, I don't know, is, is it is it programming for you that you'll be watching this weekend? No. no. That's way down my list. All right, we're joined now by our 9 News Broncos insider, Mike Kliss. Mike, Will Peterson here. Good to talk to you, my friend. Um, on the ground in Indy, what was the biggest thing you learned about the, the Broncos this week or something that you didn't expect going into the week? that you figured out can now pass along, whether that be with Draymond Jones, Dalton Reisner, or, or anything else? Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're meeting with uh, the agents of their own free agents, and uh, they did meet with Dalton Reisner and, and Kyle McCarthy a little bit to um, uh, see what happens there. They want to keep those uh, irons hot but probably not strike uh, until they absolutely have to in the free agent market. You know, I, I, I do think the Broncos will try to bring back Draymond Jones. They won't tag him. That's one thing we found out. Um, uh, they they, they want to be in position to match or come close to try to bring him back. I'm not sure they'll be able to. You know, if he gets $20 million, uh, a year, I'm not sure the Broncos go there. And Dalton Reisner, kind of the same thing. His market may be eleven, twelve million a year. We'll see. Um, again, if he if it gets to to be that kind of aggressive market for him, I think the Broncos will probably uh, look elsewhere. So they're you know they're kind of if, if Draymond leaves, their priority is defensive line. If uh, Draymond stays and and Dalton Reisner leaves, their priority is offensive line. An offensive line at right tackle is a priority anyway. So I think they'll, you know, right tackle and left guard, free agency, uh, at least one spot there, if not two. And then uh, maybe take a look at a defensive uh, lineman. And also, you know, Alex Singleton is in that equation too. They want him back. But if he has a robust market, I think the Broncos will try to get the player like Alex. You know, they got Alex Singleton for $1 million last year. 
I think they'll look for another Alex Singleton for one million if he uh, winds up getting you know six, seven, eight million. Mike, help me out here. Why is the franchise tag for Draymond Jones off the table? Why would the Broncos not use that tool like John Elway did so many times with Vaughn and Demarius and Ryan Clady to buy themselves some negotiating time? And depending on which one you use, you could at least make it to where, hey, he won't leave town and you get nothing. Why would they take that tool off the table? Because in the franchise tag uh, situation that you were talking about before, that um, that tag was almost the floor of what those guys were worth. I'd have to get those figures again. In this case, with Draymond, they think that franchise tag is uh, is a, a little too rich for what they think. If you tag him, that becomes like let's say you tag him at eighteen nine. Yeah, that that becomes his market. That right away, he's, his contract is eight point eighteen point nine million per year, and they want to come in less than that with him. Mike, I'm curious, who is the boss right now behind Greg Penner? Is it George Payton? Is it Sean Payton? Is it a combination? Who's going to be making the biggest decisions in free agency in the draft? Well, uh, you know, officially, uh, George Payton and Sean Payton are are our uh, our co number twos but you know behind Greg Penner they're they're in that uh they're in that lane uh where they both report to Penner it does seem like Sean Payton has um, a, a little bit of hand right now um no doubt about it and um that's a great Seinfeld reference as, Mike what's that that is a great Seinfeld reference by the way the, yeah that's fantastic yeah. that's a deep dive well done is, is uh, it, that, that's probably where I got it. I was a Seinfeld. <laughs> it is, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I, I I think, but you know, on 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 roster personnel decisions, I think overall culture decisions in the building, talk to the press, don't talk to the press, those type of things. I think those are uh, those are Sean Payton, uh, but the roster, I think George would have. Uh, a lot of say because he's he's going to do he's going to do more of the film work he's going to do all the evaluations he's going to have the grades Sean Payton may not have grades on all these players so um, you know I, I that's where I think maybe um, you know George it, it, when it comes to the actual players on roster I think uh, I think George is right there on so many other things within the organization. I think maybe Sean Payton, like I say, has, has a little more hand. Hey, Mike, uh, I'm saving the important one for the final one on the way out here. Did you make it to St. Elmo's while you were in Indy? <laughs> no, we went to, we actually, we tried another place. It was in a, in a little neighborhood called Bynum Steakhouse. Okay. And uh, we wanted a little less hustle and bustle uh, our first night. We did get the uh, St. Elmo's uh, cocktail uh, sauce and, yeah. and, and the shrimp. Uh, as, as a as a little um, appetizer through the media room, through, nice. the, through the through the radio row. So I had that at uh, nine o'clock in the morning, uh, eight, you know, maybe eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the only problem is no beer shooter, you know. Yeah, yeah, you need something to wash that down. That'll clear the old sinuses, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah coffee, uh, hot coffee, kind of was counterproductive there. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, Mike, tell everyone at 9 News I say hello, and uh, we appreciate your time. Safe travels home, all right? We'll do it. We'll do it, guys. Nice right. talking to you. Talk See to you, Mike. later. There goes Mike Kliss, our 9 News Broncos insider. So you had a little bit of reaction on the 
answer about Draymond Jones and the franchise tag. There was something eh, there just, that I, I don't didn't get add it. up to you. Yeah, I don't get it. Okay, it says his, his floor at eighteen nine. What's where it's going to be anyway? Like there are certain guys, and again, the Dalton Reiser one. Yeah, eighteen million dollars for an offensive lineman as a franchise tag. That's over what his market value is by a lot. I like the fact that it's one year, but okay, I can see that debate. But for Draymond Jones, it's not like it's exorbitant. It just isn't. It's right in line with it. I just think to not use that tool. I think if you let Draymond Jones leave town and you get nothing, I, I think that's a colossal miss. I just I think that is a grave mistake. Mike also confirmed what I've been saying is that Sean Payton is is running the show over there. That that they can say they're co equals on the, the organizational flow chart. Sean Payton's above George Payton right now. Yeah, because I think Sean Payton is saying, here's what I want, and then he gives that to George Payton and says, go find guys you've graded that are going to fit for this. Let's not forget, at their press conferences the other day, Sean made George wait, told the NFL guy, I'm, I say when the press co- you know what that is, that movie with Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips? I'm the captain now. Look at me. <laughs> That's what Sean did to George. I, I loved the deep dive Seinfeld reference out of Mike, and it's so Mike that he didn't realize he did he didn't it. Didn't even know he did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. All right, coming up next, these NFL PA facility rankings are fascinating. We'll fill you in on where the Broncos finished and where.